Welcome to File Under Entertainment Podcast with Dylan and Eric. I'm Dylan. And I'm Eric. Welcome to episode B, wherein we are discussing... What are we discussing, Dylan? We're discussing Babe, (laughs) the hit children's movie Babe, and the hit children's movie Battle Royale. You know, you make the joke, but I actually found the movies to be a lot closer in tone than I was really anticipating. When we were discussing what we were going to do, I, I mean, I was thinking, like, oh my god, Babe is, like, a, totally a kid's movie, and Battle Royale is totally an adult, like, horror movie, essentially, and they're going to be vastly different, and they are a lot closer <laughs> than I really thought. Yeah, Babe has a, Babe has a very grim tone throughout the whole thing, and... Uh, I'm surprised that, that that was shown to children. It's very there's a lot of traumatizing things that yes, happen. Yes, multiple in that movie. animals die. Yeah. Like all uh, yeah, okay. So I guess we're we're just going to get right into it. Right, right? into so, babe. Yeah, well sticking with the alphabetical theme, babe comes before battle royale, so babe will be the first movie up. So okay. yeah, just right off the bat. And again, uh, for people that are guests are just listening to us for the first time, I don't know why you're not going in order, but welcome aboard. Um, we will be spoiling these movies and talking about them in, in vast detail, so be warned. Yeah, so right, on, right at the beginning, you're introduced to Babe, and he's in like the breeding pens like yeah. for the slaughterhouses, and that's a good indication of how the rest of the film is going to feel. It's got a, a storybook feeling, but it feels like... Um, what is that? Uh, the Grimm's fairy Grimm, tale. Yeah, it feels like a Grimm's fairy tale. Story. Uh, very much so. Yeah. yeah. So when we started it out, it definitely did look from the like the title sequence, like, "Hey, this is going to be a little kid thing." And Megan even remarked, like, "Oh, I really like the font. It's very like fairy tale storybook." And that's where that ended. Yeah. Yeah. They throw the the cute little mice in there singing like all the uh, interstitials. Yeah. But but e- even with the. Um, with the different, I'm doing quotations, chapters. Yeah. Like, it's it's some grim shit. Very much so. So it made me wonder, like, the whole time, like, when did Dylan watch this for the first time? And why does this movie mean so much to him? Because I was thinking, you made it sound like it was, like, this very heartwarming kind of story that meant a lot to you as a child. And I'm just like, man... Well, this must be really traumatizing to children. Well, watching it again um, as an adult, like I got so much out of it. Like, like a lot. It talks about a lot of stuff, and they do it in like a subtle, like a kind of subtle way. It's I saw a lot of like talk about like discrimination mm-hmm. and like kind, of, and it's pretty fitting for what's going on in the world right now. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I. I definitely agree with that. I, I Throughout the entire thing, I kept wondering, and I'm still wondering even now, in which I'm glad we're having the discussion, I was wondering whether it was satire or whether it was meant to be played straight. Because if it's satire, it's an excellent movie. But if it's played straight, which unfortunately I think it was meant to be, like, oh, this is a movie that's family-friendly or for kids or whatever, then... 
it's terrible because it shows all these animals like dying. All the humans are like completely despicable and unlikable. I think you're supposed to like Farmer Hoggett or whatever. Right. But he's a piece of shit. Like he <sighs> he only is in it for himself. He has he he's going to kill Babe. Like he's going to shoot Babe when he thinks that Babe killed the sheep. Mm -hmm. He also like only got him to raise him for uh, Christmas dinner. Well, I mean, he didn't want him to begin with. Well, yeah, so he wins him, and then the uh, the wife, which is also an annoying asshole, <laughs> she only wants to, like, eat him, and then they decide on having a duck for Christmas at the last minute, whatever, so Babe gets a stay of execution, as it were, because Farmer Hoggett thinks, oh, he's gonna fetch me a prize in next year's whatever. No, I, d I don't think that's... He... I think... At the beginning, like, he didn't want him, and then he saw that he was, like, special, and then, he, yeah, he felt like he could, like, use him, but then he started, like, becoming, like, attached to him, and I, mm -hmm. I feel, that's how I look at it, at least, I feel like they were, like, forming, like, a little friendship. Well, see, I, I completely, and I, I don't know, I think we're skipping over a lot of stuff, and we're getting Oh, yeah, we are. Well, I don't know. I guess we could, if we try to go... I mean, we never really go beat by beat, but I guess if we yeah. try to start from the beginning. The statistics that we normally go oh, over. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's usually I guess we good should to probably do those start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, this is only episode two, guys. We're, we're still learning, going through the motions here. So, okay. This film is from 1995, Babe. It was written by George Miller from a novel by Dick King Smith. It was directed by Chris Noonan, starring James Cromwell, Magda Suzbanski, and Christine Cavanaugh does the voice of Babe. So on IMDb, it has a 6.8 out of 10. Not terrible. Rotten Tomatoes, I was amazed by this. Guess what it is? 100%. 97%, which is ridiculous. As it should be. <laughs> Certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So what is the IMDb synopsis for this? Um, it, is a, it, it is a children's movie that talks about class systems, racial discrimination, <laughs> um, abuse of animals... The, the horrors of human beings. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that is a much more intelligent statement than what the synopsis is on IMDb, which is very, like, more towards the... This is a family movie. Babe, a pig raised by sheepdogs, learns to herd sheep with a little help from Farmer Hoggett. I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that Farmer Hoggett helped him in the least, except that he didn't kill him on multiple occasions where he was going to. Yeah. So, okay, that was... That's that. Uh, yeah, so I, I made the note that I've already said. Megan likes the font of the title sequence. Uh, I make a note. It starts out depressing, and it is throughout, despite trying to be a quote-unquote feel-good kids movie. And, I mean, I, I think that's, one, as an adult, I think that's one of the reasons I, I enjoyed watching it so much is because they, they don't baby the babies, you know? Like, they, they talk about a lot of, like, really upsetting shit. And yeah. it's, it's like... It's stuff that kids are going to find out about at some point, but they just fucking throw them right into it. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's time now. Yeah. We tricked you into it's thinking about to this. Get real, motherfucker. Look at the cute pig. <laughs> now look at everything dying. Yeah, exactly. Well, so one good thing that came of it is I read one of the statistics, and I wish I would have written that statistic down because it actually was good, but I think it was 
there was a drop of like something like 40% in pork sales mm. when that movie came out because people were like, oh, I, I don't want to eat babes. So that's good because pigs are incredibly intelligent yeah. and, and wonderful animals. Uh, yeah, so, I wrote in my notes that it's a huge incentive to be, be a vegetarian. Yeah, unfortunately, other meat tastes really good. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I was a vegetarian for like a year and a half, and I had never felt better in my life. Yeah, well, so. it's kind of surprising because a lot of other vegetarians I know are like sickly all the time. I have to take like a billion vitamins yeah. and stuff. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I definitely appreciate the vegetarian and vegan standpoint, especially from an animal advocacy thing because I'm a huge animal lover. But then, you know, the hypocritical part of that is I also eat meat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yes, we, back to him. we quickly get introduced to uh, Rex. He's like the alpha of the whole farm. Yeah. Um, and he's he, a sheepdog. He's a yeah. sheepdog, and he's this gruff, strong. He's this very intimidating uh, figure on the farm, and for a for a long time, he's like a villain. Basically, he becomes jealous because uh, Babe starts kind of like stealing the limelight. Mm -hmm. But later on, you you come to realize that he feels a lot of those insecurities because he's uh gone like deaf yeah and he feels like he can't like do the things he used to so right. he feels inferior and he's got all these uh ideas that sheep are stupid and pigs are stupid <laughs> and they're like the alphas so when he sees that he's not in that position anymore he lashes out yeah but then later on, he sees the error in his ways and he comes to like Babe too. And he mm -hmm. ends up helping him. So that's like a, a villain with motive who has character development. Sure. And I really, really loved that. With a lot of kids' movies, it's like, here's the villain. He has no motive. He's just bad. Or it's a very harebrained, like yeah. half-assed motive. Yeah. Know? And they, yeah, and I get what you're saying. They never have any kind of development whatsoever. Right. They just, it's very black and white, you know, good is good, evil is evil. So, yeah, that was, that was good. I did like, I mean, the way that they handle all of the, like, animal interactions, I thought was very well done. Mm -hmm. I, the part that I have, like, take the most umbrage with is every human character in there is a piece of shit. Well, I mean, maybe that's what they were going for. And, and that's what I was saying earlier. If this was done as like a satire and if this was meant to say like, hey, animals are always better than humans in every in every instance and humans are like the biggest scourge on the planet, then I, I completely support that message and, I, and agree with it 100%. If it was done from a standpoint of, hey, we're making a movie for children or whatever and you're supposed to root for these people, no, it completely falls flat in that respect. I, think I, didn't, hate, to... I didn't like Farmer Hoggett at all, hated his wife even more. Well, I think you're supposed to hate his wife. I you're supposed to like Hoggett. I, I don't know why. I, again, I like, liked him. I, everything that he did. He was did not, a little dance. So, which felt completely out of place. Okay, it's like this this pig, which he now real only cares about from a standpoint of he thinks that he has a chance at winning the sheepdog contest with the pig because he realized, uh, with no training of his own, that the pig is good at, at separating the animals and hurting the sheep. But that I mean, he has a chance he, to win. He put all he put his reputation on the line by entering Babe. Like he what if Babe like wasn't able to do it? Like he would have been the laughing stock of so and, well, he and had he a lot of faith. Be, which, in, so I've got two points to that, but finish your point. 
he had a lot of faith in Babe. Like I said, it how I saw it is they grew close. He, in the beginning, he saw him as you know, like you were saying, the same way that his wife saw him as like this thing that he didn't want and he was just going to use for food. Yeah, and then he sees that it, he's special, and then he starts spending more time with him and then they get closer and he actually cares about his well-being and i think even if there wasn't a competition for him to enter into i think he would have still loved babe and would have kept i don't know that it was ever even loved though because this is like this is minutes later in the film after he was almost shot and even babe like so naive was like oh these metal tubes are going to give me food Farmer Hoggett was going to shoot Babe, like, in the face until he found out, like, I mean, Fly was doing her best trying to talk to the sheep, trying to get the information, and then it ends up being the the wife gets a phone call that there was rabid dogs or or wild dogs in the area and whatever. Right, not not the best uh, uh, time for Hoggett there. No, like, okay, so then again, back to the whole thing with the dancing. It's like, Babe finds out from Duchess. Babe finds out from Duchess that pigs are for food, that humans eat pigs. Mm-hmm. And so he gets understandably upset, and he confirms it with Fly, who confirms that, yes, that that is the case. And then he ends up running away. Um, Hoggett's concern, again, was only because, hey, this sheepdog contest is the very next day, and if I don't get the pig back, I'm going to look like even more of a loser because I... You know, uh, I was going to enter this pig into the contest as my sheepdog. Well, I mean, at that point, they didn't know it was a pig, well, though. Right, yeah, I understand that. So the worst that would have happened was he would have dropped out. Okay, but that was his primary motivating factor in getting the pig back. So he gets him back, and the vet was like, oh, he's in a bad way. He needs some fluids and blah, blah, blah. And so he's sitting there trying to feed Babe, and then he's singing to him. Which that at that point was a, a genuine right. moment, and it seemed like this is the time. This is the turning point. Like he is starting to feel affection for this animal, mm-hmm. and he's trying to do his best to um, make him feel better and turn around. And then he props the freaking bottle up on some well, pillows. He, I mean, the reason he does the dance is to entertain Babe. That's what I got out of it. He he saw that Babe was enjoying the song, so he got up and did a little Irish jig for. But him. the dancing was completely unnecessary. It felt totally out of tone. I I really I liked, it was fun. I really hated the fact that he's like okay, like again, it was a touching moment initially when he's trying to feed him, and then he just stops everything to get up and dance, and he's like okay, you're on your own, pig, while I <laughs> jump around like a whirling dervish idiot. Yeah, I think you just hate dancing because <laughs> in the last episode when the when the uh, priest or whatever was dancing, you really hated because that because that was too. a really dumb dance. And you know, just... come to think of it, I've never seen you dance once in your life, Eric. I'm a good dancer. Okay, <laughs> I've been told I'm a good dancer. I don't know yeah, who, who said that. Were you looking in the mirror over. and then the person in the mirror said it? <laughs> no. Okay. My wife. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I mean, she pretty much has to say that. No. Um, <laughs> Oh, we completely like glossed over the whole uh, Ferdinand, the duck who thinks he's a yeah, rooster. Yeah, yeah. That I I loved that part. I loved his character. 
And I, I especially love when he, the part where he, okay, so he, very early on in the film, he tries to convince Babe to help him with this task that only Babe can do because Ferdinand is allergic to cats and the cat duchess is kept in the house and pigs aren't allowed in the house. Yeah, and they get a, they get a, a mechanical rooster right, or so, which an is alarm the, clock. The alarm clock, because yeah. the whole point is that Ferdinand the duck wants to... Um, wants to be a rooster and is crowing in the morning like a rooster does so that he has a purpose so that he won't be used for food which is another yeah. really dark thing especially that the animals themselves are cognizant of this fact like hey if I don't have a purpose on the farm they're just going to eat me Right. so that's incredibly sad yeah. but then you know made light by the fact that they think the alarm clock is a mechanical rooster yeah. and Ferdinand needs Babe's help to destroy it so yeah. <laughs> When Babe goes in and he gets his his, his little, little foot caught on it, caught on the on the yarn, yeah. and Ferdinand is freaking <laughs> yeah. out. That was hilarious. Yeah. I legitimately laughed out loud to that. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Liked that a lot. Yeah, Ferdinand's one of Melody's favorite characters. Too. He was he was great. And then when he starts freaking out about Christmas, when he starts screaming, "Christmas means carnage! Christmas means carnage!" <laughs> yeah. Then that again was like hilarious. We really <laughs> love that. But then they have the christmas scene which bring introduced the, the oh children. my god yeah that was... and so then okay a duck is dead and so you think it's ostensibly meant that it's ferdinand and you find out yeah. it was really what rosa rosalind i think yeah some well i mean a character that we'd never seen yeah before. but was also sad because all it these, was someone that ferdinand knew yeah well all these animals knew because they yeah. spent time together on the farm so mm-hmm. they're all sitting there looking through the window watching these idiot humans consume one of the, like one of their friends essentially yeah. and again you know far be it for me to say something because i eat meat and so if i had a whole bunch of animals on a farm watching me eat i would be pretty embarrassed about that too <laughs> but um yeah the whole christmas thing was like really i this movie which again i don't know how if they did it intentionally this movie is ostensibly made for children right and the only children that are actually in the movie are just completely annoying asshats. <laughs> and luckily, they didn't have much screen time. It was right. just like the little girl, like, scream whining about the dollhouse that she didn't get was correct, you know? So I, I wrote on my notes, I hate children. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm curious. To, I, I saw it as a kid, and I don't remember being upset about it. I think I was just like, look at all the cute little animals. Maybe maybe i'm curious to see what like other kids would think about it because i mean it's not really in the limelight anymore so no um babe two pig in the city has (laughs) a a much lighter tone and um i think that one's like a more textbook uh children's movie so maybe I should have made you watch that one. <laughs> but then I would have been wondering about context. Like, well, why yeah. is he in the city? Where did he yeah. come from before? So, yeah. No, I'm glad because I, I'd never seen this before. never sought it out. And so I don't regret watching it. I just wish I knew from, you know, the writer and director's standpoint, what tone were they really going for? Because, I, again, I... The more we talk about it, I think the more um, prevalent it is to me that they were 
painting humans as the villains. Well, but then again, you said that you were rooting for Farmer Hoggett, and I think right. everybody, he's meant to be like the protagonist of the film, aside from Babe, right? I just liked his little dance. And... Uh, okay, so that was another thing that he brought up earlier, like uh, that he's starting to have affection for this pig. Right. I wrote down in my notes that I don't see it that way because... Um, okay, so here's exactly what I wrote. He only ever cared about the pig when he could gain something from him. It's not even a pet situation at that point because if he was a pet, he would care to name him something other than quote-unquote pig. It's a parasite situation and it's designed to show us that, then bravo. If not, then boo! Boo! <laughs> because he... Okay, if you were really... I mean, I guess, I guess you're right because now Babe has a purpose and then he, it was like Ferdinand was saying, if you don't have a purpose, then your food... And yeah. then Hoggett sees that he can use them. I mean, even with, like, his dogs, like, he he only really sees them as a means to herd the sheep in. Right, well, so. but, I mean, he still showed a little bit of affection towards Rex towards, because yeah. he, he didn't kill, like, after Rex bit him, he, didn't, he did not kill him, mm -hmm. which you kind of anticipated, oh, this is the guy that's, you know, really loose with the hair trigger with the shotgun. That, you know, now that he's been bitten, he's going to blow Rex away. So I was really glad that that didn't happen. But he just ends up sedated. And then he, like, takes the muzzle off of him and, like, pets him and says, you're yeah. a good dog. So that at least shows, like, okay, he does actually care about this animal. And it wasn't just, you know, because now he is serving no purpose. He was just sitting there, like, all drugged out of his gourd. Uh -huh. Well, but that also didn't really make any sense later. Because if he's drugged out of his gourd and can't do anything, how is he then, like, conscious to be running halfway across well, all I mean, these farms maybe, maybe when he muzzle. like took the muzzle off they like started like stopped sedating him or something that's um, the only way i can uh justify that yeah you know that's the only thing that makes sense but yeah, yeah. that leads to rex's redemption at the end where mm -hmm. he you know runs and gets the message the secret message for uh the sheep to relate to babe but yeah that really I was like, okay, he, he could have named him something at this point. Obviously, he didn't know that the pig was called Babe, but he could have called him anything, just like he called the dog Fly or mm -hmm. uh, Rex or, right. you know. Like, right. She just called him Pig. And mm -hmm. then that that's supposed to be this, that'll do, Pig, that'll do. <laughs> like, that you meant, like, to you meant something, and to me it was yeah. just like, this shows us the guy's an ass hat. But also, more to the fact of, like, the people suck, when he goes there and he's walking out with the pig, everyone, like, first of all, they didn't want to do it, but then they, yeah. like, the board of committee or there whatever. There was no rule against it. Yeah, so they relented and said, oh, if you really want to go through with this, you're going to make us all look like asshats, but go ahead. Yeah, they, that's what they said in the movie, and I thought that was really strange that they would put that in to a kid's movie. <laughs> Well, okay, so he does it, and then everybody's laughing at him. Like, he's this huge laughing stock, but then... You know, seconds later, they can see, oh, he, the pig actually knows what he's doing. And then all the, it's like a, a turnaround, like the, at the snap of a finger, which show again. So if the whole idea was to show that people are fickle as shit and annoying and stupid, then bravo, well played. If it was like just played straight and so like, oh, well, yeah, they had every right to laugh at him because they didn't know that he was actually. But then they turned around and they were on his side. No. Well, no, Eric, you know, you. you know what the great thing about movies is, you can watch them and put any meaning that you want to it. Well, then, for your sake, as a lover of this film, yeah. that I'm going to like believe what I want to believe, and that I think, in my opinion, I think the humans are 
villains. I still like Hoggett. But I, I want to know why. Like, what... Do you disagree with anything that I was saying? Like, don't you see it as... No, no, I do. But I, I still see it as, like, he grew fond of Babe. Shouldn't I don't he really... him something? Shouldn't... Instead of... Yeah, maybe he does in Pig in the City. <laughs> Have you seen it? I mean, you I must don't think I, I don't think I have, well, You said no. you, it's a more lighter I'm tone. just going on what my girlfriend told me. Oh, okay. So, once we wrap around back to <laughs> B again... <laughs> that's, your, that's your choice for the next B. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, I'm going to put you through hell in the meantime, man. So. <laughs> oh, I thought it was really uh, dark. Um, after, do you remember where they found Babe at? A graveyard? Yeah, he went to the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty fucked up. Well, yeah, the whole thing was dark. Yeah, he was just, like, going to, like, accept his death. I mean, obviously, he didn't know where that was, but, I mean, the director must have put him in the fucking cemetery for a reason. Yeah, you know? it, it was kind of fitting, and I don't know. Yeah. I, right, uh, so. I said because he goes to the cemetery because he feels dead inside, knowing his whole family has been eaten and killed. Killed and eaten. That's, that's really good insight, and I'm sure it's more thought than what the writer or director put into it. Maybe. I mean, in my opinion, Babe is a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> a masterpiece. I would, I would rank Babe over Citizen Kane any day. <laughs> wow, that's... That's great. Although Citizen Kane is Citizen Kane sucks ass anyway. It's like <laughs> yeah, three it's hours of just boring. Rosebud. That's the whole movie, right? More there. like That's... Rose Butt, right? <laughs> right, guys? Right? Exactly. Nice. Uh, I did make a note that I've already mentioned. Uh, the singing mice are cute. I'm sure you appreciate that as a lover of mice. Yes. So I thought that was nice. Um, I wrote and uh, uh, did you I did you notice that like actual mice were hidden throughout the movie too? I did not. Um, when they were all like hanging out by the window, not when they the fucking uh, duck was getting eaten. They were like talking about something um, by the window. There was a a mouse on the cow's head. Okay. Um, there's like little mice on like other animals in the in the barn, like scurrying huh. around too. I did not notice that. Yeah, they're That's all. That's cute. It's like a video game with hidden collectibles. You gotta, you <laughs> gotta find eggs. each uh, scene with. A, well, that's nice. Yeah, with a mouse. Um, <laughs> so I wrote that it seems like an astounding amount of people to be watching a sheepdog contest, let alone for it to be televised. I mean, you'd be surprised how how many weird things people watch. Yeah, I mean, okay, so... It's I, like a different culture, yeah. Well, I, I definitely, okay, can understand there being a lot of people there, especially if it's like a farming community or whatever, and, you know, this is what they do. But it's televised with commentary, like, not just one person, but two, like, a play-by-play -play and a color commentary guy. I mean, I get from the standpoint of, okay, hey, for the movie, you know, whatever, that... But it just seems like I well, don't think that would ever happen. Well, I mean, people watch soccer all the time. Well, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Oh, how very dare you. Oh. Um, Rex and Fly making out at the end. Where yeah, like, that was pretty that, dope. That was hilarious. Yeah, I like I that. that. Let's see, do I have any other nuggets of brilliance here? Oh, I thought I thought it was uh, weird how they put um, 
like ma like all bloody and dying and she dies like on camera yeah. too i thought right. that was well that that whole sequence of events right that's was... our that's traumatizing in and yeah. of itself because ma was this was this likable character especially yeah. to not only babe but to the audience and so she dies on camera like you said and then Hoggett shows up and then he's yeah. immediately gonna kill Babe for it. I don't even know how they would have thought Babe would have fucking like killed it. it that, I, I don't know. That whole series of events I'm not a huge fan of. Like yeah. it didn't make any sense to me. Like how would a tiny pig like fuck a sheep up so much? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's oh. made even more depressing by the whole comment about uh, that babe was saying, oh, food comes out of metal tubes. So I was like, oh yeah. my god, how depressing can this be? Yeah. One thing that I really hated was his little hairpiece that makes him look like Donald Trump. I really <laughs> hated that. Like, super hated that. <laughs> I don't think he could help that. But yeah, but I don't know. Made even more pressing by the situation. I think situation you're being a little discriminatory. <laughs> I think you need to watch the movie again, Eric. I don't think so. I guess it'll when it swings back around for Babe Two, yeah. Pig in the City. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that um, it sounds like you at least got some enjoyment out of it, and you you also see a lot of the points that I was making about like the discrimination. Yeah. And, like I I'm happy that we could see eye to eye, and that you think it's a a great movie. Too. <laughs> no, so okay, I know that this is rehashing because I've made this point, but what I'd actually written down was, I'd like to learn the writer slash director's motivations because it may alter my opinions on the film. If designed to show that animals are more noble and better in almost every way over humans, then it is a brilliant film. If played straight and we're supposed to revere Mr. Hoggett as a quote unquote hero. Then for me the film flaw falls very far. The the real hero is is Babe because he he doesn't discriminate against anyone. He's very remember the one scene where he says he'll never um God, what does he say? When when he thinks that uh Fly and all the other sheepdogs are like vicious, savage animals because of what the sheep tell him. Yeah. And he says I don't remember the exact he wording. Says something, but he says something along the lines of he'll never like judge um, another living thing again yeah, or something along the lines of that. And because he goes through life being kind to everyone and everything that he meets, things work out for him. And that's, I, that's what I got out of it is if you're, if you're kind to people and kind to the things around you, then things are going to work out for you. Yeah, well, certainly, like, the... And if it was uh, intentional, yeah, that's a good message. I mean, that's got to be the moral. What else would the moral be? I don't know. I I really don't know. That's the moral. (laughs) Okay, let's go with that, because then that makes me more appreciative of the film. It's the moral. Okay, let's go with that. Okay, I guess to the trivia section, unless you have... There were 48 pigs used during the filming that played Babe. No, there was one, and his name was Babe, and he's real, and he could actually do all okay. that, and he could talk. All right. Um, <laughs> this is one of, okay, this is like a Quentin Tarantino love fest, this B movie, because he has he expressed that Battle Royale is one of his all-time favorite movies, but one of his all-time favorite movies of 1995 was Babe. Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's strange. Uh, Hugo Weaving 
who was Agent Smith in The Matrix, like the main antagonist. Okay. He voiced Rex, which kind of makes oh. sense that he... Well, I mean, The Matrix was four years after Babe. So it was like his first turn as a quote-unquote villain. Mm-hmm. But unlike The Matrix, he actually had a redemption arc in this one. Mm-hmm. So you're saying Babe is a better movie than The Matrix. <laughs> it's certainly a different movie than The Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that's all I have for Babe. you have anything else? Um, I mentioned that it was really sad when um, Fly loses their pups. And then uh, Babe comes up and says... Can I call you mom? Yeah, Yeah. I thought that was a really nice scene. Yeah, it was. And and I I did like that a lot. I did appreciate at least that all the pups survived. And they at least seemed that they were going to good, loving loving homes. Yeah. Because a lot of the way the, the movie, like, how the rest of the movie was handled, I wouldn't have been surprised at all if they just, if like, Hoggett if, just like, drawn them. All it's like, them we screen. can't afford to feed all these pups, so I've got to drown them all. Or, you know. <laughs> i got to drown them all. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, so now that we are finished with Babe, let's shut the filing cabinet on that one and open it on... 2000s Battle Royale. See, I'm, we're already getting better. I'm going to start this stuff off from the okay, top. Okay, good. 2000 Battle Royale. I watched the director's cut. I'm hoping I you watched the, the 2001 special edition. Okay. I don't know what the difference is between that and the director's Nothing. cut, but uh, there we go. Uh, IMDb, it has a 7.6 rating on Rotten Tomatoes. A little worse than Babe. <laughs> this has an 88%. But it's still certified fresh, so that's good. Written by Kenta Fukasaka. No, I'm sorry. Kenta Fukasaku. Based on a novel by Koshun Takami. Directed by Kinji Fukasaku. Starring Tetsuya Fujiwara, Aike Maeda, and Takeshi Kitano. And about... You sounded very Italian, man. (laughs) Takeshi Kitano. (laughs) Luigi Mastacholi Primavera. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I have actually great affinity for Japanese and their culture. Um, but not Italians. No. Which is the one you I'm married just... to one, so I don't need so she knows. Okay, so what is your thought on the IMDb synopsis? In short, it's a better Hunger Games. Um, oh, I got so many things to say about that. Yeah, so... Battle Royale is about a dystopian future where um, children are considered a threat or a scourge, like we were talking most humans are anyway. (laughs) Yes. But adults look at children as a threat, and in order to limit the child population, they have them kill each other off in these um, battle royales. Very good, and very close, actually. So, the actual synopsis is, In the future, the Japanese government captures a class of ninth grade students and forces them to kill each other under the Revolutionary Battle Royale Act. So, yes. Let's get right into it. What say you? Okay. So, my first note uh, is about the first scene where it's showing the winner of the current uh, contest... And it's a little girl with braces. And my note is, the first girl won because she deflected any incoming attacks with her braces. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, my. <laughs> that was. Did my you first. have that in your I notes did, as I did well? not have that she deflected all of the attacks with her braces, but there was. Uh, I did make the note that the smiling girl holding the teddy bear covered in blood is a very striking image and it's incredibly unsettling and it sets the tone for the whole rest of the film, obviously. Yeah, well, I, I don't think it was a little girl. I'm assuming that all of them were all ninth grade students. Why I, would a ninth grader be carrying a teddy bear? Because she was a childish ninth grader. I mean, the, I mean, I I thought she was like younger. I I thought like they did the battle royales for different grades. That's I, what I was thinking. Maybe they did. I don't know. I guess that's possible. But it was my assumption that they all were around the same age when i was in in ninth grade i wasn't carrying a teddy bear you sleep with a teddy bear now well you're not (laughs) supposed to say that (laughs) and he has a name eric (laughs) little dylan oh my god all right okay uh yeah i guess so anybody that well you did a very good job at at saying what the synopsis was, uh, and You're then damn right I did. Yeah, it, but I guess for anyone that's not familiar with this movie, I mean it's an incredibly uber violent. I guess that this would be well. I mean, by today's standards, I'd say it's pretty tame. Yeah, I guess. I mean, this is from two thousand, so we're talking about a twenty-year-old movie at this point, right. which is incredible. But uh, I don't know. Let's. When was the first time you saw this movie? Do you remember I saw it with you. You did? When I was a kid. <laughs> uh, Pro- well, probably like a, a teenager. Yeah. Probably uh, like 13 or so, so I'd well, imagine. I, I think the first time I saw it was 2002, so... Like right when it came out? Well, it came out in 2000, and it okay. was like quote-unquote banned. I guess in looking for the trivia, it was never actually officially banned here. It's just that... After Columbine, they oh. like no distributors would pick it up. So even though it wasn't like out and out, uh, like forbidden that anyone could watch it or whatever, um, no one would actually distribute it. So it was rare in that standpoint. So I don't even remember how I heard about it the first time, but I remember there being yeah. I guess I guess it was two thousand and two ish when I first saw it and I don't even remember how I heard about it just heard people in passing talk about how they had seen it and there was appeal because you know at that time there was the talk about it being banned and it was a ban because in a lot of places or a lot of countries around the world it is banned like South Korea Germany a lot of the places because it's too violent and especially violence against children you know especially children on children or whatever you know these these are ninth grade students, so you're assuming that they're what, 13, 14, mm-hmm. somewhere around that age group. Right. Um, which, yeah, is taboo, but, you know, I, get, I especially couldn't see. There was talk about like an American remake, but then we always have so much violence in schools with kids shooting each other up anyway yeah. that there's no way in hell that. And I guess it, it came pretty close. But then there was a shooting in Virginia Tech in 2007, which kind of derailed the ch- uh, the chance of a remake. I mean, they did make Hunger Games, which yeah. is which, a very much so worse version of it. Yeah, and so that was the what one of the producer or potential producers of a remake was saying that 
once they, after uh, the whole Virginia Tech thing kind of settled down and talks reopened that they might be talking about doing like a limited edition uh, mini series or something like that okay. or, or like a, or like a TV show so that each character can have more of a backstory uh, which sounds like very intriguing but mm-hmm. I don't know probably the Americans still probably would have ruined it you know right. um, but then yeah Hunger Games came out and then the guy said well there's no way we can do it now because people are fucking stupid and they would probably they would say it's a rip off yeah of they would think it was a rip off of Hunger Games not realizing that Battle Royale came out years before right. stupid Hunger Games did so alienate yeah. some more people yeah I don't know I don't really care about that one. If they're if a, a fan of the Hunger Games more than Battle Royale, then you don't need to be listening to this anyway because you're an idiot. So. Oh my god. <laughs> On record, I personally like anyone who uh, likes the movie <laughs> Hunger Games and the books. I I read all of the books about three times and I really liked it. You're so full of shit. <laughs> well, but I guess. I'm the villain that will get a redemption arc at some point in time. <laughs> Maybe by the time we hit Z... If I'll I don't be... shoot you first. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, when we get to Z, I'll be on my redemption. Until then, I guess I'll, I'll play the villain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta get a curly mustache going. <laughs> I, no. No, thank you. I'll leave that to you. You do better with the curly mustache than I do. Thank you. Um, okay. Like, how do you even talk about this movie really I mean so much happens and it, it's it's a whirlwind from start to finish really I mean there's not yeah it's tough to talk about there's not a whole lot of like exposition per se it's more just like characters interacting with each other yeah there's no like I mean the the main plot is um you're gonna hate me but I don't fucking know either of their names uh the two main people Shuya Shuya and um, the fuck's her name Noriko Noriko thank you Uh, I think the main plot is they're going through this horrible thing together and they're trying to get out of it together and it's kind of you know it's kind of like a romantic movie then well so I think it's interesting because Shuya's like best friend and roommate Nabu yeah um, he Nobu had the okay, no Nobu, Nobu sorry Nobu had the crush on Noriko, right? Um, and I don't know if Noriko had a crush on Shuya, or it seemed like almost all the girls had a crush on Shuya. Apparently, or, yeah, because yeah. yeah, one was even calling out through the megaphone that at the most inopportune time <laughs> yeah. that the other one had a crush on him. Right. Um, but I, so I thought that that was interesting because they played with that dynamic quite a bit actually they did that also with uh chigusa the uh running girl and the the guy i forget what his name was unfortunately that had the um the tracking device kiyu something um kiyu saka kuruhi yeah it's not kiyu saka am i just making shit up it's not kiyu saka where is it I thought you had a list of I do. the yeah. order oh. they die. And yeah, all I do. Days. That's what I'm looking at now. Kotohike. Okay. It had no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He was killed by Kotohike. That's a girl's name, apparently. Okay. Sugimura is the guy. It that... didn't even have a K in it, though. No, not at all. Okay. Well, but he was killed by his, 
his crush was Kodahiki. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But so, and I put that that was one of the more, I mean, okay, they're kids killing kids. It's not like any of them were, oh, so cool. Um, they were all kind of like depressing, but I guess that's kind of that funny, was, but, Yeah, that was one of the most depressing because he got killed by the person he loved the exactly. most. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the what I put. And then so she was like so upset and so distraught afterwards because she's killed him. She didn't even know that. Apparently they'd never even spoken though. So yeah, that, they I don't never know, that, even talked to me. That kind of took a little bit away from it for me. Yeah, that it, there wasn't this like huge. There wasn't any chemistry or anything right. or any facts. Yeah, well, but that, from his standpoint, from taking only his context, right. he says he loves her. So you have to kind of take him at his word. And so he had been searching through everyone, trying to find right. her specifically so that he can reveal his feelings and trying to like save her and and you're initially thinking that he's looking for uh the running girl yes yeah and and so she obviously had uh, a crush on him because she said are you in love with anyone now and it's like it's not me right like you know almost like i don't know if she would have been but that kind of didn't make any sense either because he's like, oh, you're the coolest girl in the world. Yeah, I and think they were just friends. Well, yeah, but I don't. So I don't know if that's just lip service because he knows that she's gonna die and like telling her that he's the cool that she's the coolest girl in the world. But no, I mean, I mean it showed them together training. Right, but then he really, if he really believes this, I don't know. I guess kind of like from a stereotypical movie standpoint, you would assume that they would be together. I mean, then, you right? can you say that to your friend. I mean. I mean, I say, you're cool, and then I say, Melody's cool. Yeah. You say it to everybody. I saw a guy on the street one day, and I I told him he was cool. cool. Yeah. But did you tell him that he's the coolest dude in the world? I was thinking about it. I thought it would make it a little more awkward, though. (laughs) Didn't know him too well. (laughs) Okay. Um... (laughs) So do you do you want to hear the joke I was telling you about earlier? I do. Okay, so do you remember when uh, the scary guy... Kiriyama. Yeah, when yeah. he throws the frag grenade in with in, in, the, <laughs> yes. in the mouth of that one kid? Yes. So my joke is, I've heard of hand grenades, but never head grenades. <laughs> it's good, but I don't know. <laughs> that one. That was what you thought was going to, like, break the podcast? <laughs> I th- I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm I'm sorry. We can we can add canned laughter or something. Yeah. Or that one boo that yeah. you really boo. like. That sounds like a, a boo. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we definitely need to add those anyway. Okay. Well, um, now we really have to because we've mentioned it. <laughs> yes. Boo. Um, boo. One thing... Okay, and again, you know, um, depressing movie, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But one thing that I actually appreciated was it always annoys me in, like, action films or, you know, films of this type when there's gunplay and stuff like that and people will just leave full weapons laying around or ammo. Like, one thing I appreciated about this was Kiriyama especially, like, if he killed someone... He grabbed their weapon. But, I mean, where was... One thing I was thinking was... Okay, so everyone has a different weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Kiriyama had an infinite supply of ammo for his Uzi. It seemed like... I thought that was kind of stupid. Unless 
unless his bag just had an Uzi and like 50 clips <laughs> in yeah. there. Right. I don't know. Unless he unless he picked up other ammunition from I mean it was a 9mm like I mean handgun bullets could be used in this. So he was just yeah. putting the bullets into the if that's the case like well a handgun clip only has like 7 to 9 bullets in yeah, it. Yeah and the Uzi and he was, was just like spraying, spraying it. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that doesn't really hold up. I thought that was up. kind of silly. But yeah, Shuya, even like he was saying, like he's weak and useless. So hey, I grabbed all these weapons. Kir- right. I've already forgotten how to say his name. Kiriyama? Yeah. Um, he Yeah, he would kill somebody and then take their stuff. Even, um, what was the other transfer student's name? Uh, Naga, Naga Kawa? Um, Kawada, I think. Kawada, okay. Yeah, even yeah, even he was when they when he first met uh, the two of them, he was asking what weapons that they had, you know, yeah. so that he could take it from them. Right. Well, but he didn't really have or to see if he if they were a threat or something, maybe. Yeah, well, certainly to see if they were a threat, but it didn't seem like he had any interest in killing them. He only killed the one dude like he shot him with a shotgun because he was like actively being shot at with right, a revolver by the other yeah. guy. It's so like, I think, yeah, he was going to take the weapons, but I don't think he had any intention of killing them. Right. Unless they made a move on him. You know, right. I think... He was just protecting himself. Yeah. Right. Well, I think because he never really wanted to play the game initially, he... he just wanted to bring it down. Yeah. Because right. he, he had the conversation with, uh... Kitano? Right? Yeah, Kitano, who was the main antagonist, like their former teacher. Oh, yeah. Um... At the end, that he was doing a, that he was doing it to get revenge for um, his girlfriend, which I forget her name. Was so uh, he's played by Takeshi um, Kitano. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Oh okay, so he just had his. Yeah, I don't know if that was. I have the novel, but I haven't gotten around to reading it. Yet. What is his first name then? Is it Takeshi or is it Kitano? Because I always Takeshi. Could... Okay, because I always get confused. I yeah, they say their last name first. So is his like Shuya Nanahara? They always call him Nanahara. So That's, the last Nanahara name is, is his the last first name. name, basically. Well, no, I mean. It... So wouldn't he be? It's like if he was to introduce himself, he'd say Kitano Takeshi. Okay, but they just put yeah. it first. Like written. Shuya Nanahara, who is the main protagonist. Those are their first names. Nanahara is his surname. Second. Like we would, like you would say. Well, I'm not going to give our last names or whatever, even though it's right there on Spotify. Doe. Our last name is Doe. So you would say Doe Dylan. Yeah, Dylan Doe. (laughs) Right. Doe Dylan. Okay. Um, I'm going to quickly burn through my notes because they're complete (laughs) shit and useless. That's good. Um, Okay, so there's a scene where it's showing like 20,000 soldiers just standing around. (laughs) And I wrote, imagine being one of those soldiers... And just standing there doing nothing for like three days. Right. Yeah, I I didn't. That was another thing that kind of didn't really land with me. I mean, I guess really if resonate. one of them tries to escape, but why do they need like the so whole many army? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, where it seemed like Kitano was more than adequate to take care of himself. They could have like just left a right some semblance like half of a squad yeah. you know you leave 10 guys there and it's more than enough to take yeah. on you know 50 
uh, high school students, yeah. certainly. Um, the other one I have is, um, do you think, like, uh, so Battle Royale games are very, very popular now with the with the little whippersnappers. Yeah. Um, mainly Fortnite right now. Um, do you think that the developers of, like, uh, Players Unknown Battlegrounds mm-hmm. and uh, Fortnite got a lot of inspiration from Battle Royale? Uh, absolutely. A thousand percent. And the because same... they even have, like, you go and find weapons and shit. And... Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm sure... I, I would hope, at least, that uh, those developers would own up to it and say that it was an inspiration i would hope that they wouldn't be like the hunger games author who would be like no i came up with this idea completely independently and i never heard of this before well i mean it could have they could have it could have been inspired by the hunger games i mean who knows i mean not everyone's seen battle royale no hunger games is more popular yeah, well, you're talking about for the video game development. For the developer. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking specifically about the author of Hunger Games saying that oh. she had no comprehension of, of right. Battle Royale right. before, and I don't buy that for is a that second. Is that what they said? Yeah. Okay. Suzanne Collins is her name, and okay. I don't buy that for a second. Okay. In order to avoid you talking a whole <laughs> lot of shit about her, I'm going to move on to my next note here. Okay. Um, I said, that kid got his pecker punctured. I put a little bit of alliteration in there for you. <laughs> yes, you did. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that joke better than the head grenade. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> that was golden. So he was... Okay, so, yeah, again, none of these kids really deserved what they got i mean i, I think it was all pretty i mean brutal. he was yeah he was with the exception to, of him yeah I, he was gonna force himself that's, on her. yeah a thousand percent so he was gonna say he yeah that's what i was gonna say was that if anyone deserved what they got it was him mm-hmm. and it should have been actually even worse mm-hmm. i and love then, that she stabbed him in the dick and then in the chest but then yeah unfortunately she gets shot like, yeah. immediately after too and then my very last note is uh i liked how kawada yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked how Kawada kept saying that his dad had a different profession yeah. every time he was doing something right. like when he was help when he was healing them, he, his dad was a doctor, when right. he was cooking, his dad was a chef, and then at the end when he was uh sailing the boat, his dad was, was a, a fisherman. fisherman. Yeah. I thought that was I really funny. appreciated that too. Yeah. yeah, that was great. That was a nice little nod. And I also liked it that Shuya, like, because they even kind of showed Shuya's reaction. Like, they knew that he was full of shit, but he never called him on it. Because that's what kind of a good guy Shuya was the entire time, too. Like, he's like, I'm not going to rub this guy's nose in it, but I know that he's, like, talking shit. So Right. Um, Oh, I do have one more note. I... I said I liked how um, it showed, like, how every kid was, like, dealing with the predicament in, like, a different way. Like, some of them were, like, killing themselves. Some of them were uh, trying to kill other people. Some of them were just, like, banding together and hiding out. Well, and I think it does a, a very good job at showing what humans would actually be like in that circumstance. You know, there's the... Uh, those are the people that are very adamant that they're not going to be involved in the game. Like the one girl before she'd even left the classroom was like, I'm not being involved with this. She even threw her backpack back at Katano. Like I'm not participating mm-hmm. at all. 
Uh, and then there was the people that were going gangbusters, like Kiriyama, who was just like, yep, I signed up for this. I'm going to yeah. take as many people out as possible. And that's how human beings really are. There's the people that are very like anti-violence and they're very pro-violence. And um, it was an interesting study in what humanity would really be like in, in a push comes to shove kind of situation like that. There's the people that are going to uh, use each other um, just to try to get to the very end, um, which is ostensibly what we're meant to think Kawada was doing, right. but really he was a good guy the whole time, mm-hmm. and he really was out to try to you know just take down the system. Um, what was his name? Uh, Shuya's friend, the third man that did the hacking. You know, oh. he had his two friends that were going to yeah. try to blow up the school to try to take out right. all the people. Like, they were even willing to make that sacrifice themselves, uh-huh. saying that, hey, we're probably going to die, but we're at least going to stop, like, this program. Right. Uh, so I thought that was very noble. Um, yeah, Shuya, I mean, I think he's a likable character. He's a good protagonist, but really, he he kind of doesn't do much. He, he's right. kind of along for the ride for with everything. Like, yeah. he kills that one kid accidentally. At or is it, I mean, maybe the kid even killed himself. Like, yeah, well, they were, like, rolling down the hill, and yeah. the one guy had an accident and ends up yeah. stuck in his head, so it was an accident, and he was, like, very upset about it. Like, right. he wanted to make sure that, hey, this definitely was an accident, I right? Th- yeah, I think the only person he deliberately kills is... Katano. Katano, yeah. Yeah. And that was to save Noriko because he made a pledge. That was his vow, yeah. Yeah. And and so then I I didn't even really understand if at the end is he just doing it for Nobu because he made a vow to Nobu that he was going to... I mean, he also loves her, too. But does he? Like, I I don't know if he does. Like if he's If he's, like, gained this affection for her over the... Like, period that they've been together over these, what, two or three days? No, because when... When Nobu mentions that he's got a crush on her, he's like, "Oh, is you mean that girl in our class?" Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, So he always had feelings. Yeah, well, but so yeah, and I I guess we're just meant to read into that that he that he also laid it on pretty thick. Well, I didn't know that. I mean, because he just says to his friend like he's trying to be supportive of his friend, like like, shifty eyes, and then he looks at the camera and like winks. (laughs) Come on, it wasn't that over. Yeah. What? No, he did not. Oh, he did not well, literally he didn't do, do that. that. But yeah, he, you really didn't catch that. Well, I thought okay, maybe if he does have a crush on her, then he's trying. He's being the gentleman, and like his friend says, he has a crush, so he's not going to make any moves. Right. But I didn't know if if he legitimately just felt like oh yeah, she's a nice girl, and that's like the extent of it, or if he too had a crush on her. Like I don't know. Okay, so you're saying that he had a crush on oh, her yeah. the entire time? Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I know romance, so... (laughs) (laughs) They used to call me Dating Dylan back in uh, middle school. Who did? Uh, My cat. (laughs) I I don't know. We'll cut that part out. (laughs) No, No, leave it. Um, So I do have the entire list. I don't know why I made this list. Because you love making lists. Yeah, that's true. For for the listener, Eric is like addicted to making Excel spreadsheets of (laughs) anything he does. Uh, Yeah, almost anything. Yeah. Right. He's got one of uh, how many shits he takes in one day. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't been updating that one for a while, though. 
Remember the one you were trying to do how many uh, eyelashes fell out? No, I never did that. To, to keep track of. <laughs> uh, I never got to that point. I do. I keep a spreadsheet of every movie that I've watched and my personal rating for them. That seems useful. Back since 2009. So that's been going on for that's a excessive. long time. Well, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I think that's useful. Yeah. Especially with this now. Like the Dookie log probably like not so much it was just interesting to see but Wait, is that real yeah oh i was i was making a no joke. I, I legitimately had like a, a spreadsheet for the shits that i would take because when i was doing a lot of traveling for work i thought it'd be interesting to see at the end of the year like how many were home and how many oh were on the road the how many were like Why? in the morning and how many were in the afternoon like i because i even separated them by hour and everything so did yeah. you call it your dookie diary <laughs> no dookie log Okay, I guess that's kind it's of hilarious. Too. Yeah, my doctor appreciated it too when I told him. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I assume we're leaving all this. All right. Um, do you have anything more to say, or should we get into the trivia portion? Yeah, I've heard of uh, hand grenades before, but never head grenades. <laughs> it's gonna keep keep saying it until it lands. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. This is one of the top 10 highest grossing films in Japan, Battle Royale. Very interesting. Uh, over 800 actors and actresses auditioned to play the students. 800. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of them, because I think there was, what, 48 students? Yeah. So, but 800. That's 100 people. more than 700. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh also, did you know that none of the cast had any stunt doubles? Wow. So they were actually getting in their throats. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think that it went to that extent. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it is, bringing it back around to tie it all together, a nice little bow, a Quentin Tarantino bow. It's one of his favorite movies of all time. And because of this, he cast uh, Chiaki Kiriyama, who plays Chigusa, as Gogo Yubari in Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh. You want to know a little bit of trivia about Quentin Tarantino? Sure. He's got a foot fetish. Does he really? Yes, he does. How do you know that? I, I don't know. Somebody told me that. Did he photograph your feet? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah, that's kind of out of left field. A foot fetish, huh? Hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, to each their own, I guess. I mean, there's that whole scene in um, From Dust Till Dawn, I think the movie was. Where he's like worshiping that one character's feet. Oh yeah, I don't remember that part. I remember in Kill Bill, it's like it's very focused. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's Volume Two, maybe Volume One. I don't remember. Where Uma Thurman is coming out of the coma and she's in the back of that truck, and she's like wiggle your big toe, and it's like very focused on her feet, and she has very ugly feet. But I don't know. Maybe to Quentin Tarantino, they're lovely that's know. what i'm saying so what i said must be true then oh okay yeah let's go with that i don't remember who told me that maybe quentin himself <laughs> while he was photographing your feet like, yeah did you know <laughs> i have a, a foot, foot fetish, fetish yeah. <laughs> that oh, was no, my... i didn't know that quentin <laughs> could have fooled me <laughs> all right uh 
So, uh, do you have any further things to say about either of the films that we discussed today? Yeah, I've heard of hand grenades, but never head grenades. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're starting to win me over with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm developing a new appreciation for this joke the longer we discuss it. Yeah, well, repetition. Yeah. Uh, I guess we didn't even re- really even get into the meat, though, of Battle Royale. Like, I mean, we, had, we got into the potatoes. <laughs> we got into the, yeah... What is the meat you're referring to? Um, well, the, it really works as a film from multiple angles. Like, you could watch it just as a, a gory, like, horror film. Or if you're looking for some kind of subtext and satire, you can find that in droves with this movie. You know, it's a, a very powerful statement on society and violence and how people interact with each other especially kids i mean take out the fact that they're killing each other and put it back in like a high school setting and kids are still like that you know they they still have cliques and they still have you know people being ostracized and you know violence being perpetuated so on very each other. similar to babe yeah in a standpoint and that's why i was saying like from the onset i at face value, I was thinking, Babe is going to be this kid-friendly film that this is meant for children. Why the hell is Dylan making me watch this? Why does it mean so much to him? But the movies are very closely related to each other in tone, I think. A, a, certainly a lot more than I would have anticipated going in. Well, you haven't heard of Babe 3 yet. <laughs> is there really a Babe 3? There's not. No, I don't think Babe so. 3, Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah. Babe 3, Battle Royale 3. Babe like Royale. <laughs> if we still have any listeners left at this point, <laughs> if I have not alienated everyone in... I in, think you probably have. I don't know, probably. We'll probably cut a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> you can get a hold of us on Twitter at file under pod, or you can send us emails mm-hmm. at file under pod at gmail.com. Or you can swing over to Eric's house at... um not listed um yeah so i guess that's it join us have you decided what you're doing for c yet are you really going with what you said i don't think i'm gonna do charlotte's web as much as i i i want to do two pig movies back to back for you um i'm gonna have to ponder it over i do really like pigs you know at my i have a bunch of stuff like little knickknack stuff at my desk and among them is little pig a little pig light up thing like you push a button on the back and he oinks and like shines a light through his snout and i have a little bit i don't know if it was modeled after babe or what but it's this tiny little figurine yeah and i have a pig sticker and so you know what I thought? Maybe at the end of each episode we could do a one out of ten rating for both movies. Okay. I mean, obviously we're not reviewing them, but I figure that would be something interesting. Yeah. I mean, we we kind of dropped the ball because we already did episode A without doing that. I guess we could double back and do that now. You already uploaded it. Well, no, I'm saying we can say, like, we can talk about Across the Universe. Oh, yeah, 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 we can do that. Okay, Uh, well, we'll start with Across the Universe. One out of ten, Eric, what what would you say? (laughs) As a movie. As a movie, one out of ten. I'll give it a... 
as a movie, as a romantic film, I will give it an 8 out of 10, minus 2 for Beatles music, so 6. 6? That's pretty close to what I was going to give it. I'm going to give it a a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. I would have expected more, since that was the movie that you wanted to start with. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. It's not the greatest, but I I do like it a lot. Um, Just not 8 out of 10 worth. Okay. So, um, and then Alice in Wonderland, what, a 1 out of 10 for you, Eric? Well, you start, because I started with the last okay, one. Okay, I'll give it a 3 out of 10. Oh my god. I don't like it. Wow. Okay, for me, it's a 9 out of 10. Jeez. I mean, That's pretty yeah. high. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could have said 10 out of 10, but I didn't. I mean, it's... That would have been pretty absurd. Mm, it's pretty close. I mean, it's... Alright, 9 out of 10, before you up yourself to 10. <laughs> Yeah, well, but let me explain myself. It has a lot of songs, and a lot of, like, the songs are just the nonsense BS that we don't like, and I can't I can't very well say that I don't like the Beatles nonsense BS, and then be like, oh, but the Alice in Wonderland BS nonsense was great. So I could do without some of the songs, but, I mean, the Cheshire Cat, the whole reason... Well, I mean, I'm not going to rehash the whole episode that we yeah. talked about. Uh, to Go back and listen to... Uh, uh, our first episode. So, 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Okay. Final. Now, back to the movies at hand. So, for this babe. Episode. Babe. 1 out of 10, Eric? Um, if we go with the message that we had discussed at the end, very pro-animal, very anti-human, then I'm going to say it's an 8 out of 10. Okay. If it's the human standpoint, like played straight, this is a kid's movie, blah, 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 humans and blah, 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 it's a two out of ten. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm going to give it an eight as well. Okay. I, I really like it. Uh, I think it's a great movie. And Good. Babe is very adorable. He is, minus the Trump hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Battle Royale. Okay, Battle Royale. One out of ten. Uh, I I like it. I th- I think I'm gonna give it a seven though. What? It's just I don't know. It it could be better for me. That I I just wish there was more um, character stuff. Personally. Yeah, I like mean, you were talking when you mentioned the show where, because, as it stands, you're just watching a bunch of people dying and you don't have much attachment to any of them right and then also there's never too much risk of the main characters dying i mean that's how i felt anyway yeah i so i have to take a couple points off for that okay as as far as like action and i i really like japanese movies i I think they're a lot of the times a lot better especially with horror Mm -hmm. um a lot better than stuff that we shit out sure um well most of the stuff we shit out is just remakes of better japanese movies right. that we crap on yeah. so as far as like an action like horror dystopian i i would up it to an eight okay so it's eight final i i agree that um they could have done with certainly more character development but with so many characters you can't spend that amount of time with them and still have like a decent run time. I mean, I think it probably would have been better served as a limited, like a mini series or a, a TV show. The 
drawback of that is if they make it a TV show, you know, does it turn into like a lost situation where it just goes on forever? Yeah, where it's like they're just like, oh, well, oh, it's popular. We, like, we so ran just... out of uh, characters. Oh, look, there's a plane that's gonna drop some more <laughs> right. in. Yeah, exactly. Where they just like, you know, they they. Or Walking Dead, I think, is a better example of that, where they just keep milking this idea, where it started out good in theory, but then they just keep milking the same thing, like, oh, it's popular, so we got to keep churning out more episodes. And it, yeah, I hate that. If it was done, it's like, we're going to do like a six-episode arc with this thing, we're going to uh, do a deep dive into all these different characters, I think that would have been absolutely phenomenal. Any, any limited series is always pretty good. Yeah. You know, when... Like, um, House on, uh, just fuck, Hill House, what, Haunting of Hill House, that was a limited, like, series. I mean, now, obviously, since it got super popular, they're gonna drop another season, but it's gonna be a standalone thing, like American Horror Story, which I've never really given much a chance to, um... I got turned off on the first episode. We're, like, really going off on the <laughs> Yeah. All right. We'll bring it back around before it gets completely out of hand. Okay, so, so Battle I, Royale. I think, yeah, given what they had time to do within the constraints of making a feature film, I think it's damn near perfect. I, I think, like I was saying earlier, you could watch multiple different ways. If you want to just have, like, the mindless gratuitous violence it's there in spades if you want to like really search like mine for subtext that's there too you can you can have that in in droves and so what really more could you ask for aside for just more time to have more character development so i gotta say nine out of ten okay and just for the record i'm final on seven not eight. <laughs> oh okay okay all right just wanted to clarify that okay i don't hate the movie it's just it could have been i i get what you're saying with the time constraints but there's ways that they could have fleshed out like the main characters more too sure especially since they were doing like little flashbacks here and there there wasn't mm-hmm. enough of that yeah i i mean i definitely would have been interested in a limited series to see like what was Kiriyama's motivations why you know was he just like a psychopath that he intentionally signed up for this just because he wanted to commit carnage and a bunch of murder like Mm -hmm. you know what was his backstory what made him that way because we did get at least in the director's cut I don't remember the theatrical version Mitsuko you know you yeah it was in it yeah you kind of you understand why she's kind of off the rails she was always kind of an outcast and that was you know kind of self-inflicted but also from like the bullshit that she went through as a little kid you yeah. know she was like really scarred and traumatized for that so right. she and she even says you know at the end as she dies she just didn't want to be a loser anymore right and she never was a loser she i think just felt that way because society made her feel that way right so i would have liked to see that kind of deep dive into all those characters like that to understand their motivations but yeah, I mean, for what we got, and, and maybe that's where the novel comes into play. Again, I own the novel. I haven't cracked it open yet to read it. Maybe there is I more. I mean, with of how long time. your shits are, you, you could probably finish that in like two days. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Okay. Okay. So yeah, and this episode is becoming very long. Very long. So, yeah. Um, 
We'll see you again in a couple weeks where we will go over C. Do you have your C movie yet? I, you've already asked me yeah, that. And, and you said you didn't know about Charlotte's Web. I'm, you... not, I'm not doing Charlotte's Web. Okay. You so to... we will file this episode under B. All right. Okay. We actually have the sound effects, so we're going to put that in in place of my BS. So. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.